Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And remember, with that $50 or more first-time deposit, you're also going to get that free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our great web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, like the one Mario's wearing. We've got our new size cease design that was just released this weekend. So jump on that offer. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Make sure you go to PointsBet and use that code CHGO when you sign up to get all those great offers. I'm Jay Zawoski. With me, as always, Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Happy uh, World Junior Championships weeks week, fellas. We've got five Hawks in the tournament. In a moment, we're going to welcome our guest, Chris Peters from Flow Sports. He's going to give us a little bit of a preview of the tournament, and maybe if we got some time, get into the Blackhawks draft fix because we've not talked to Chris about those players mm-hmm. just yet uh, since those selections were made. But, Greg, you did all the hard work uh, yesterday writing your piece for allchgo.com. So before we bring Chris in, why don't you catch people up on who's going to be appearing for the Hawks in the tournament? Yeah, the Blackhawks have five draft picks heading to this uh, August tournament, which was the tournament that started last December, but then uh, COVID said, nope, we're not going to do that. And so and I know a lot of people are like, there's only one member of the 2022 draft class going. It's not any of the guys you thought, but got to remember, this is still technically last year's tournament that they're redoing. So let's not worry about that. I'm sure we'll get into that with Chris, but we got five picks Team USA, which is who we should all be rooting for anyway, has three Blackhawks uh, prospects. Landon Slaggart is back for his second straight tournament. He's actually an assistant captain on the team, as well as defenseman Wyatt Kaiser, who uh, made the team back in December. And Dominic James is the only 2022 draft pick to uh, make a world junior team. So you got three players there. Uh, Canada, who is going to be the heavy favorite to win this tournament, as they pretty much are every year. But when you look at their <laughs> roster, it's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Del Mastro is uh, the on- the lone Blackhawk. Of course, he was the 2021 draft pick. Uh, he was a late replacement. He didn't make the initial cut, but then uh, Damon Hunt, the uh, Minnesota Wild prospect, went down with an injury, so he's a late replacement. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he- how much he plays as the seventh defenseman. And then Victor Schornberg. I hope I got that right. I think I did. We looked up the pronunciation. Thanks, yeah. Mario, for the assist. Appreciate on that the one. Uh, pronunciation, guy. Mario the with the apple on that one because I knew I was going to screw that one. But Victor Schornberg is playing for Team Sweden. Uh, he was a 2021 pick as well. And uh, we'll get into it here in a moment, too. But watch out for Sweden in this tournament, man. They've got multiple first round draft picks on that mm-hmm. squad as well. So it should be a lot of fun. It's hockey in August. How can you be mad? Well, let's talk to the expert. Let's bring in our buddy Chris Peters. He is the senior content creator at Flow Hockey. Follow him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. Chris, what's up, man? How you been? I've been all right, guys. It's good to be with you. It's weird to be talking World Juniors in August, but I'm I'm ready to do it. Any hockey at any time is great. Especially when our team has been eliminated months ago. <laughs> yes, mathemati- the Hawks are already mathematically out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so Connor Bedard's playing, so we're, you guys are in business here. Yeah. So well, yeah, that's another guy we keeping, should probably keep an some eye eyes on him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, Chris, let people know, you know, like obviously Canada's the favorite. We're all going to have eyes on Team USA. Uh, before we get to the Hawks specific prospects, 
who are, aside from Bedard, right, everybody's going to have, all eyes are going to be on Connor Bedard in this tournament. Who are some of the other uh, prospects in this tournament that we should be keeping an eye on uh, for the Hawks, you know, frankly, to be looking to draft next year because they're going to have more than one draft pick, hopefully number one, uh, and they're, but they'll have more picks beyond that as well. Yeah, I mean, there, there are going to be a number of guys that are, that are draft eligible for, for next season. I mean, the other guys outside of Bedard, the two that you should know, Delibor Dvorsky, who plays for Slovakia. Um, he was one of the top scorers in the Holinka Gretzky Cup last year, not this most recent one. He didn't play in it because he's going to be busy at the World Juniors. Um, but he's, you know, a young guy that's really kind of been like a, the next Slovakian prodigy. So we just had Uri Slavkovsky go. Now everybody's kind of watching Dvorsky because he's really lit it up um, in the, over the last couple of years. He plays in Sweden. Um, so he's he's a really interesting player. Team USA will also have a guy that's a likely first round draft pick, likely a high first round draft pick. And that's Charlie Stramel, who will be heading to the University of Wisconsin next year. Um, he's a really good player. Big guy. Um, you know, I think he'll be, have a little bit of a limited role at the World Juniors, but you'll see him really be a play a prominent role at Wisconsin next season. Um, he's you know built like a linebacker. Uh, his his dad was a was a college football player, um, and he can fly. So you know he, he did have surgery last off or last summer um, or last off season that, that prevented him from playing in the the Winter World Juniors, which he would have made. Um, but you know, this time around here, he is as a, as an underager and a draft eligible. So those are the two guys outside of Bedard. If you're looking for draft eligibles that I think warrant a lot of, uh, of eyeballs for sure. Well, this is kind of strange because we're used to this happening right after Christmas. So this is kind of like last year's group. A lot of these guys already drafted. We saw some reaction on Twitter when guys like Frank Nazar and Kevin Korczynski didn't make Team USA or Team Canada, and people wanted to make that as an indictment on those picks. But those guys will likely be on the December rosters for those those teams. I mean, a lot can change between now and then. But yeah, can you kind of you know for our our listeners who aren't necessarily you know in tune a lot with with you know this happening, you a, know, a ca- very unique situation. Yeah, can you kind of explain yeah. like you know why those two guys not playing now is not the end of the world? Yeah. I mean, the the timing of this tournament has skewed everyone's idea of who should be on these teams. Um, And the the fact of the matter is most nations are looking for the best 19 year olds. They want to have as many 19 year olds as they can for this tournament. This time around, they also have 20 year olds. They have, you know, guys that, that, that had birthdays months ago that are now still eligible to play because this is technically, you know, just move it from December to August. And it's as if, you know, like we're, we're talking about, you know, Deliber Dvorsky being a draft eligible in 2023 and same with Connor Bedard. Those guys were two years out from their draft or, you know, over a year out from their their own draft eligible season playing in this tournament, which is pretty rare. Um, so guys like Frank Nazar, and we'll use him, you know, as a, a specific example, and obviously Korchinski as well. You know, Korchinski was never in the mix for this team at any point. Um, so, and that's not an indictment on him because he's in the mix for the next team because he'll still be one of the younger players in the next team because he'll be 18 next year. Um, so that's the other thing you gotta kind of think about. Um, Frank Nazar, who wasn't in the mix at all at the at, in December, played his way into the mix on this team and they had a lot of losses from their previous team but they also had a lot of 19-year-old players that were going to be eligible. So 
they have almost their entire top six outside of Maddie Beniers um, in that that are coming back for this event. So so USA didn't have a lot of places in the kind of role that Frank Nazar would need to play in order to actually get minutes on this team. I personally still would have brought him because I think he is that good. And I think that he is able, you know, he brings an element to this team. So I think that he should have made it. However, I totally get the idea of saying, hey, we've got some more experienced guys that are bigger, that are a little bit stronger, that are a little more experienced, that we're going to be able to play in these down-the-lineup roles that Frank Nazar was never going to fit into. Um, and so that's a, the other thing that you kind of have to consider with this group. The other thing, too, is like all of these coaching staffs, they had their team. They had their team in December. They wanted to get as many of those guys back as they could. And, you know, so, so those are the players they're most familiar with. So, you know, Frank Nazar, I don't even know if he was necessarily in the mix for the for this team until the very end. And they're like, oh, well, we got to take him. And there was also the possibility that Logan Cooley actually got hurt in camp and say he gets injured. All of a sudden that opens up a spot in that kind of lane that that Frank Nazar would make sense for. Well, Cooley turned out to be fine. That, that spot wasn't available anymore. Yes, they're the same age in the same group, but Logan Cooley was the number three pick for a reason. And Frank Nazar was, you know, in the in the 15 range or the 14 range for a reason as well. And not and again, I still think he's a tremendous player. But for me, it not, some of those guys that are so young, there just wasn't going to be a spot for them. Canada only had to replace two defensemen, Owen Power and Caden Gooley. And so they had their guys already like Brant Clark, who was drafted uh, in the top 10 two year or last year wasn't even in the mix for Canada. So it's going to be really hard to see how Kevin Korchinski could have been in the mix as well. You mentioned some of the players that uh, teams were, were, were losing from the, uh, the original rosters from back in December. I think one of the biggest for uh, team USA was another Blackhawks prospect, Drew Camezzo, uh, not, uh, not playing for team USA. What kind of uh, hole does that leave in the, in the U S lineup and in, in, in net, not having Camezzo and, having to find a, a, a replacement for this tournament. So here's Drew Camesso is an outstanding prospect. He's one of the better goaltending prospects in hockey right now. Um, that's not currently signed to an NHL contract. Him not being part of this team is essentially to me, uh, kind of a death sentence for their gold medal chances. Um, because he was going to be their number one, their guy, their go-to, the drop-off from what they have now, and this is no disrespect to the guys that they have, but let's be frank. None of them were drafted. None of them were close to being drafted. And that's who the U.S. has left in this age group. This is These are the best guys that they have available to them. And the drop-off from Drew Camesso to these guys is immeasurable compared to what we're used to seeing at the World Juniors. You think about the different goaltenders that have been in this tournament, John Gibson, Jack Campbell, uh, you know, uh, Jake Ottinger, um, Tyler Parsons a few years back when they won gold. Like, you know, even those guys, like Tyler Parsons wasn't a, a hugely heralded goaltender, but he had more heralded, uh, you know, credentials than the guys they have. So they're going to have Remington Koppel, Andrew Oak, and Caden Embarico. I think Caden Embarico is going to be the starter. Um, he did play at the National Team Development Program. He's heading to Colorado College next year. He's under six foot, you know, but he's quick. Um, but it just the difference between Drew Camesso, who made the Olympic team, to these guys who have not even been drafted in the NHL, though they have been eligible for multiple years, um, or in Andrew Oak's case, just one year, 
it's it's a pretty significant drop off. And so you need goaltending in a tournament like this. I don't feel that USA has strong enough goaltending to to, to honestly contend for a gold medal. Maybe they'll get they they can still be in the mix. They're going to have a lot of goals. They got a lot of speed. They got some good defensemen. But it's going to take a Herculean effort for them to be able to medal in this event. Well, that's good news for Hawks fans that Drew Camesso is that good that his yeah. absence can basically ruin a medal chance for Team USA. <laughs> it's not great for team for fans like us who are rooting for Team USA. Um, for those that don't know, Camesso, uh, as he told us uh, at Prospects Camp, is just totally focused on Boston University. And that's why he made the decision to not play in the World Junior Championship. So you mentioned those great names, Ottinger and Campbell and all those guys. Do you have Camesso kind of like on that same level as those guys? Like if you're going to maybe tier the recent USA goalies, where does Camesso fall in your eyes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you, you look at, at, at Jake Ottinger, I think that that's the kind of path that Drew is on right now. And Ottinger, oddly enough, you know, I mentioned him, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't actually, um, he, he didn't start for Team USA. He, he ends up being the best pro goalie from his team, and he didn't start in that event. Joe Wall and, uh, and Tyler Parsons, and, and, you know, they, they started over him. Um, and so that was kind of an interesting scenario, but, but Ottinger, um, I think is that kind of guy that, that, that Camesso can be, um, the thing about Drew is, you know, last year, Boston university was terrible, um, for a lot of the season and, and they didn't have, they did not defend well at all. And, and, you know, we saw Drew play pretty well in the early goings of the world juniors before everything went, got, went and got canceled. I also thought he should have been the starter against Slovakia in the Olympics. Um, I, I know that I, you know, they ended up using Strauss man uh, in that game. They get eliminated. Strauss man had a great game. He only gave up two goals, but unfortunately gave up the goals. And I, I just think that Camesso is as of right now. And, and the reason that he's stepping aside and why so many other players have is the timing of this event is, is pretty terrible. Um, no, no question about it. like, we love it because it's entertainment in August for the players, it's a disastrous time to have a tournament because they're trying to get ready for their season. They're not supposed to be ramped up to their top level in August. It's just not natural. Even when we have World Junior Camps, those guys might not be ramped up all the way to their top level, but they're still at a pretty high place, but it's not all the way at the top. If you want to win this tournament, you have to be at such a high level. So for Drew Camesso to make the decision himself to say, I'd love to be part of this team. I want to see what finish it out, but I need to focus on myself right now. And I, I totally respect that decision because this is a critical year in his development. He decided to go back to Boston University. He wants to make, you know, get himself better, be more prepared. He is the goalie of the future for the Chicago Blackhawks. They are going to need him in sooner than later to be a very good goaltender. So he's taking that time to focus on getting ready for this season and building up to that. I, I have no... I do not begrudge any player that opted out of this tournament because it is an unnatural time to be playing at your top level. You mentioned how, you know, the players are usually in this tournament mid season uh, at, at a different point in their, in their year and their, in their um, being physically ready to, to, to play in a tournament like this. Do you kind of foresee this tournament maybe not producing some of the best junior hockey that we've ever seen? Or, or do you think that, these players are, are, are going to be ready enough to kind of still compete at that, at that high level. Yeah. I mean, you know, the preparations for a lot of these teams began weeks ago. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going to be, 
they're going to be at a pretty high level still. Um, I would say that, you know, we were looking at last year at the potential of, you know, one of the best world juniors we've had. I mean, really just because of how good the players were, how good the teams like I Canada was a machine. The U S was really solid. They had a much better team than they do now. Um, Slovakia had a team that was capable of meddling in that event, which is very rare for them. Um, but they had Slavkovsky, they had Nemec, they had um, uh, Mayshar. They actually they didn't have Mayshar, but they had other guys that you know were going to be able. Their their roster was severely impacted by this. So we're not going to get as good as it was going to be in December, where we were going to have you know we had Owen Power, Connor Bedard, and Uri Slavkovsky. You got three number one overall picks in that tournament, and then you had a bunch of number two and number threes as well. So we're talking huge draft pedigree. But at the same time, when you put these players, and I, I've, I've gone to the World Junior Summer Showcase for years as well, and that's a pretty high level of hockey in the summer where those teams are getting ready for the December event. It's their main tryout camp. Um, so these guys are at least used to playing this time of year in that kind of thing where they have to get ready. And also when they're younger players, their bodies do a little bit more than uh, – than pretty much everybody else is in terms of being able to get themselves ready, recovering and everything else. So while I don't think it'll be as good as December, I do think it's going to be a very entertaining one. I actually think that this tournament might be a little bit more wide open than the last one was, because I think Canada had a chance to really dominate that tournament. But I think this year you've got Sweden, which did not lose as many players. They got a really good team for this. They have an absolute opportunity to win gold. I think the same is true of Finland. Um, not having Russia in here really opens up a lot of opportunities as well because Russia had a very good team as well. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there for other teams to kind of slide in. I think Czechia is one of those teams where maybe they can make some noise. Maybe, you know, if you, you catch the U.S. at the wrong time, maybe you get them. Um, you, you can bounce them. You know, all those different things can kind of happen. So I think we're going to be in for a pretty wild World Juniors um, and, and still we're going to have, you know, dozens and dozens of high level NHL prospects in this event. Well, speaking of the prospects, let's get into some of the Blackhawks that are in the tournament. Uh, one guy that turned a lot of heads at development camp was Canada defenseman, Ethan Del Mastro. He looked like physically, uh, body style wise, he looked like a seasoned NHL veteran. Um, what do you expect to see from Del Mastro? What do you think of him? Not only in the tournament, but sort of beyond, how do you see his NHL future going? Yeah, well, I mean, he had a breakout year last year, and there's no question about it. I mean, he was one of the many guys that was impacted by, you know, the, the OHL not shutting down the previous season. And so, really, we only got a chance to to see him at his at his best, um, you know, at the World Under-18 Championship. And I thought he was fine there. Like, it wasn't amazing. He was like, okay, this guy's definitely getting drafted. But he didn't look like the way that he looked this season. So, he took a big step. You know, making Canada, because Damon Hunt got injured and he's a late ad, I think it's probably unlikely that you're going to see Del Mastro play a pretty significant role on this team. It's more likely that he'll be down the lineup. He's another guy that's still eligible to play in the winter. Um, so that's, you know, he'll he'll be one of the older guys that time around. I think he's probably a lock to be part of that team. Um, but this opportunity is just there. And, and he gives them a lot of versatility. I think he's a very strong defender. I think he plays physically well enough, moves pucks well. You know, I think the offensive side of his game really grew this year in a way that I didn't necessarily anticipate. And so that's where I can see, you know, hey, he's moving pucks well out of the zone. He's got good physical strength. Um, so, you know, if he does happen to get into some games, and I think he will because Canada doesn't have to, you know, they, they don't have to, um, you know, really 
try that hard in the preliminary round. They're going to get some guys. You know, he has an opportunity to maybe put himself in a position to play a bigger role later on. But, you know, I think for this tournament, keep the expectations a little bit low. But this is a prospect that's certainly on the rise and trending in a very positive direction after a breakout season last year. For Sweden, uh, Victor Schoenborg. I think we said that right. Yeah. Don't know a ton about him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, so I had a chance, I was at the World Junior Summer Showcase last summer, and that was where, you know, I really had a chance to see what he could do. Um, And and I think that he really showed that he's a a strong two-way player, very aggressive on both sides of the puck. He's really solid, um, you know, physically. I think he's got a good uh, good foot speed as well, so he manages to kind of be a disruptive player. He's not going to be a guy that's going to score a ton of points in this tournament, but he is a guy that's going to make an impact for Sweden, and they need guys like him to play down their lineup, be difficult to play against, be a little bit tougher defensively uh, in order to give Sweden a chance. So I think he's going to play a pretty, you know, uh, he might not be high up in the lineup, but he's going to play some quality minutes against some tough competition. It's going to be a great chance for him to showcase what he can do. And then the trio from Team USA, defenseman Wyan Kaiser, uh, forward Landon Slacker, and this year's draft pick Dominic James. A lot of Hawks fans, a bunch of people in the chat asking about Landon Slacker, uh, not only on this team, but his future with the Hawks. Where do you see his NHL? Because he, we see him in camp, and he's he clearly stands out, but it doesn't seem like he's got top end speed, top end hands, top end scoring. Just seems like a pretty solid, maybe potential bottom six guy. Yeah, I think that's pretty much right. I mean, I think that if he's going to be a, a an everyday NHLer, it's going to be down the lineup, and it's you know, that's you need those guys too. You know, he can't win without those guys either. And I think Landon Slaggard is 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 a central figure for this team. He is um, one of the most important players from a leadership standpoint. He's probably their most physical forward um, as well. I mean, he hits a lot, and you will see that in this tournament. He is going to be a physical presence in uh, uh, in for this team. And you know, the thing is, is that his while his offense is not flashy, he is very effective. He gets inside very well. He can use his body and his strength very positively. I think he's improved his offensive sense and awareness and ability to get pucks through. So I think that he's on an upward trajectory as well. Now, will he be a producer at the NHL level? Probably not. He probably won't be a producer for this team either. He's probably going to be more on their third, fourth line playing in an energy type role but he's the kind of guy that you can win with when he's playing his role effectively. And that's why, you know, with the, the weakness in goaltending, it puts more pressure on the defense and it puts more pressure on guys like Landon Slaggart to play a much more responsible, defensive, try to limit shots, try to limit the other team. And he does that very well. He does it at Notre Dame all the time. And now he's going to do it here uh, for Team USA. One of the few guys with gold medal experience already. I mean, there, there's a reason he was on that team two years ago. It was because... He played such a, a physically strong game, um, and, and I really like the way that he plays as as far as getting to the NHL. I think it's a very NHL friendly game, and uh, pretty good pretty good beard for a guy who's uh, nineteen. <laughs> yeah, saw, yeah, saw he, at development camp. <laughs> yeah, he's probably in postseason mode already. Yeah. So yeah. One of the guys I'm uh, I'm yeah, really excited to see is uh, defenseman Wyatt Kaiser. I think this is his. Uh, well, he was on the on the, the team originally in December, but you know, he's been a standout at, at, at Duluth. What what kind of role do you see him playing with this team? Yeah, well, one of the guys that's going to be missing for the U.S. is Jake Sanderson, so that automatically increases the importance of a guy like Wyatt Kaiser right away because he's so strong defensively, he's such a good skater, and he's such a smart player. So you're going to see him playing against a lot of tough matchups now. 
Brock Faber is going to be the guy that's the number one defenseman for Team USA. They've got Luke Hughes as well, who's going to be probably their, their number one offensive style guy. But but Wyatt Kaiser is probably in that 3-4 range where he's going to be the guy that is going to play a lot of tough matchups. He's going to help out. Um, you know, he can contribute offensively, but that's not his, his game as much as his ability to defend. Um, you know, I think he's going to be very important in their transition game. He moves pucks extremely well. He skates extremely well. Um, so you're going to see him play a pretty significant role for Team USA. He's going to play a lot of minutes, I would imagine. He's going to play in a, a you know those tough matchup situations. I'm imagining he'll probably kill some penalties as well. I mean, I think he's really got a lot of the tools that you need to to, to be a successful everyday NHL defenseman. He might not put up a ton of points, but he is going to be one of those guys that's very steady, reliable, and, and difficult to play against. And I think that that's what Team USA needs him to be in this tournament as well. The other player, uh, and this can lead us into the Blackhawks draft this year, uh, in the sixth round, the Hawks drafted uh, forward Dominic James uh, from University of Minnesota, Duluth. He's on Team USA's roster. Before we get into the draft class in general, uh, what will James's role be with uh, USA? Yeah, he'll he'll be down the lineup. You know, he's going to be the, just like he was going to be in December. He's going to probably be their third line center. Um, you know, maybe fourth line. You know, it depends on kind of the 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 way the minutes get distributed. But what he brings is you know a very tenacious, competitive style game, very quick. Um, he he ha- he plays with a lot of jump. He does have offensive ability. You know, he didn't put up amazing numbers last year in college, but I do think that there's a lot more to his game and his ability to play with pace is going to help him. You know, kind of do that, you be, be a better uh, offensive contributor, provide a little bit of scoring depth. Um, so I, I think he's going to be a pretty significant guy for, for this team. You know, he's not going to be the top six guy, but he's going to be a very key cog in their bottom six. And, you know, the thing is, is when you get to this level, you need players to, you know, your, your roster should mimic an NHL teams, like a high level NHL teams roster. And I think the, the pace that he plays with that style you know, it's like kind of reminiscent of like a JT Confer for for um, uh, for Colorado. Like that's the kind of role he needs to play for Team USA. Um, and then this year at Duluth, I think he's actually going to probably play a top six role for them, be a much more offensive uh, minded contributor while also still, you know, protecting his own zone and being a good defensive guy as well. We got early on your thoughts on Frank Nazar. And you thought he should make Team USA's team, and you talked about his, the skill set he brings. But just sort of looking at the Hawks draft in general, we, when the smoke clear, when it was, all was said and done, what did you think of uh, Kyle Davidson's first draft class? Yeah, you know, I thought it was good. I mean, you know, I think to 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 have three first round draft picks, like I'm only going to analyze the picks as opposed to the trades that led to the picks, right? You know, so when I'm doing this, I, I'm looking at how that how does the prospect system look coming out of the draft well it's better it's better but it's also you know it's it's more skilled i would say you know i thought korchinski went a little high it was a, it was a little high for me um but at the same time i had nazar ahead of him and then he went you know he that was one of my favorite picks of the draft was getting nazar in the mid-range of the first round because all of a sudden you've got one of the most dynamic players in the draft and you got him in the middle and yes, he's not the biggest guy, but he plays with a lot of compete. He plays with tenacity. And then he's got a tremendous offensive capability. So like that pick a lot. You know, the Renzel one is going to be the interesting one. It's going to take time to watch because he is going to take years before he's ready. But I watched enough games of him this year where I said, holy smokes, if this guy hits, he's going to hit big because he has tremendous skating ability, really good puck skills for a guy at his size, right shot defenseman, 
playing, you know, he, he, the hockey sense needs to improve. The defensive game needs to improve, but the tools that he has suggest a very high ceiling. So, you know, to get those three guys, you're in your, your prospect system is in a better place than it was before. I'm a big Lucas Reichel fan. I think that he's going to be a very good player down the road. Um, you know, so Chicago's draft philosophy hasn't necessarily been a ton different from my own in terms of, you know, focus more on skill, look at upside. You know, I did have Renzel as a first round in my, on my list as well. I know a lot of people that didn't, but I did. And I thought that, you know, I, I was totally fine with that pick. And then, you know, what else are you going to get out of it? Aiden Thompson's a guy who they did pick in this draft who actually went to this camp and almost made Team USA. He got injured at the very end. He was going to be on this team, it sounded like. Um, and he, they called him the surprise of the camp. And that's a guy that I didn't have a ton. I didn't have a big book on. He wasn't a guy that I ranked. But the more I talked to guys that scout the USHL, they really liked that pick as well. So, you know, and then you get guys like James and, you, you know, you just start filtering more players through your 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 system and really next year is the most important draft next year is the yeah. one that, that sets everything up tank away tank away because <laughs> I, I like i i i know i know people hate the tank um i just understand that this draft class if it's not connor bedard it's matt bay mitchkov if it's not matt bay mitchkov it might be adam fantilli if it's not adam fantilli it might be any of the other guys, if you, if anybody watched Canada play at the Holinka Gretzky cup this last week, I mean, we're talking about a top 10 in this draft. That's going to look a lot closer to the one that where we saw, you know, Jack Hughes and Trevor Zegris and Cole Caulfield and guys like that. This is that kind of draft. Last draft was not that this one is um, at least in the early goings. It's still very early. You never know how things are going to play out. I, you know, the players that I've been tracking for 2023 much better than the guys at, at this stage than a lot of the guys that I was watching for last year's draft. I've got to ask you about Samuel Savoie because we really liked what he showed at development camp. He just very Andrew Shaw-ish where he's just a, a shit disturber. He was in the mix for every play, very, very noticeable. And it's a guy who like third round pick, 81st overall. There hasn't been a ton written about him since then and I couldn't find a ton before. Is he an NHL prospect at all? I, I don't even know what to make of him. Is he, is he someone we should expect to see two, three, four years down the road? Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. Um, you know, I don't think he's a, a surefire NHL prospect uh, by any means. Um, I think he's a good player. Um, and, and the thing is, is, if he has, like, he, you know, he doesn't have the, 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 the production that you would like to see at the QMJHL level. It's not necessarily a league that's necessary, that, that, you know, is, all that difficult to score in for players of a certain caliber. Um, so, you know, I think he can be, I just, you know, he's one of those guys where it's going to be, um, maybe I didn't see it, but somebody else can, like, I've never, I've never gone through this process and said, I know everything about everybody. Um, and he was a guy that I didn't have a huge book on last year. It was really difficult to kind of, um, track the QMJHL. They had a lot of stops and starts. There were a lot of different things you had to kind of take into consideration. Um, but I know that he was absolutely a guy that was in the mix for a lot of teams. Certainly when you get a guy in the third round, there's a certain expectation there um, that, that they're going to have a chance. I, you know, I think he's probably one of those guys where it's a wait and see situation. And he absolutely, you know, from what I've seen of him, Yes, I mean he has the potential. A lot of guys that are picked in those top top 100 have the potential. It's just what are the next steps he's going to take. 
Awesome. All right, Chris, you've been super generous with your time. As always, uh, safe travels to Edmonton. Cannot wait to watch this tournament, which begins tomorrow. All games televised on NHL Network. A couple of people in the chat asking about that. Yes, indeed, they are all televised. So, Chris, take care, man. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll catch up many times over the next few months. So, thanks as always for your generosity with your time. We appreciate it, man. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. That's Chris Peters, senior content creator at Flow Hockey. Follow him on Twitter at Chris. M. Peters. He is the, in my opinion, the goat of all NHL prospect analysts. Oh yeah, he's he's got a a deep well of knowledge uh, across the board. Love talking to Chris, and I I don't know about you guys, but I feel a whole lot better. I already felt good. I feel a whole lot better about the Blackhawks prospect system after talking to to Chris about some of the players like like Del Mastro and. Um, Victor Schoenborg and, and, and even just getting, you know, a little bit of a, a, a more insight on like a Sam Renzel, like someone who you, who we've known as like, okay, a few years away, project, like, yeah. you know, a, a project player. But, uh, for, for a guy like Chris to say, like, I had him as a first rounder, he has this huge upside that if he reaches is, is going to be a, a, a great, going to look like a great pick for the Blackhawks. I mean, that's, that's good things yeah. to hear. I, f- I felt a lot better about that pick. And hearing him call Frank Nazar a dynamic player makes me feel really good, mm-hmm. too. I tingled a little bit. Need. A little tingle. It yeah. also makes us feel smart because we had the same reaction when they took took Korchinski yeah. at seven. We're like, all right. I felt so bad. We, wa- we, <laughs> we wanted Nazar at seven, and then, and then they get him at 13. And we have our celebration. Our celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks and to that's Lawrence, no, which, which will be our Hawks win gift. There you go. Long, yeah, so look forward to seeing that nine times. Four or five times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's no disrespect to Cor- Kevin Korchinski. No, uh, I think he's going to be I a fine player. I think he's going to be a great player. The fact that you got Nazar but, yeah. and Korchinski, you would have been happy if Flip you would have flip flopped them. Yeah. But in the end, you got them both, and that's all that matters. Well, Absolutely. and also, uh, you mentioned Renzel. And when you've got three first-round picks, you can take that risk lower in the first round and say, exactly. this guy's a project with potentially huge upside. I'm thinking if that was their only first-round pick, they probably would have gone another, probably a safer direction. But having three gives you that ability to say, eh. Especially at a position like defenseman, where the Blackhawks have a lot of depth and we're seeing a lot of their, their prospects start to take steps that uh, maybe they – we're maybe not expecting them to take at this at this stage yet. Like, like Ethan Delmastro was a fourth round pick, and now he's, you know, uh, uh, earlier than maybe expected is an injury replacement for Team Canada, which is a, obviously a very deep team. Uh, Nolan Allen is is another one that yes, he's a first round pick, but I think his development is, is starting to pick up pretty pretty well. Uh, especially his offensive game is starting to come around. I think he'll be in the mix for Canada in in December. Um, and they already have, you know, some, some guys in the, in the, uh, in with the Rockford ice hogs that we've seen their progression. So to take a project defenseman, totally fine. They've with got that. nothing but time with him. Lots of time. No, no pressure to get him moving along at all. Take your time. Yep. And hearing Chris Peters say that that is, could turn out to be a dynamite pick. Uh, that makes me feel a lot better like about the it. pick. Cause I, I'm, I'll be flat out honest. I didn't know a whole lot about him coming yeah. in. I'd seen the name. You know, there's not a lot of stuff out there when you're a high school player. Right. There's just yeah. not a lot out there. But for Chris Peterson, one of the best in the business as far as prospects go, to say that might be the best pick out of the mm-hmm. three of them, that's pretty. Uh, yeah, when it's all said, that's pretty high it. praise. But again, patience. And we got nothing but time 
when it comes to him, any of these prospects, mm -hmm. really. There's yeah. really no rush for any of these guys. It's time to play the long game here. Well, and, and the other comment, too, before we, uh, before we move on a little bit, uh, him saying that Drew Camesso basically sinks USA's chances yeah. of winning a medal or winning gold, I guess. Would be be, more, being a gold contender. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's we've had so many questions about, okay, what are these prospects, right? Like, are they great? Are they, cause that's what happens when for years you're picking in the middle or the bottom end of the first round. They're not as sure things as when you're not good. <laughs> like the Hawks were last year and will be next year. You, it, prospects are more of a question mark and to see the jump, like think about how we felt about the Hawks prospect system, you know, two months ago. Yeah. versus where we're at today, it's mm -hmm. night and day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just because of the draft class. It's because of the jumps that Allen has taken and Camesso and Del Mastro and all these guys who have Leipen. had these breakthrough seasons. Yeah, Le Jalen Lightman, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's good. It's They're, they're in a way better spot and than we thought hopefully they were two months ago. in a year from now, after this amazingly deep 2023 draft that the Hawks are hopefully going to have one of the very top picks, if not the top pick, and a, at least one more first-round pick, we're feeling even better to where now that top 50 that comes out by Corey Promen that we talked about, or sorry, Scott Wheeler, mm -hmm. that we talked to him about, will have even more Blackhawks on it. And yep. maybe mm -hmm. when that whole ranking of the 32 teams come out, the Hawks are now maybe in the top ten as mm -hmm. far as or, or at least yeah, knocking as far on the as prospect door. Systems Getting yeah. one of those top yeah. three in this draft will definitely help. Oh yeah, oh yeah, shoot them to the top. And of that that's list. what you want. This yeah. is how the rebuilds work. You got to start basically at nothing and work your way up. And they're off to a great start. This is what we've been preaching for since basically we started as a show in March. <laughs> you gotta have some patience, even with a guy like Drew Camesso. It's great to hear that he's essentially. You, this country's best goaltending prospect. Yep, that's what you want to hear. But you mm -hmm. also have to be patient. He mentioned a guy like Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger took his time. He spent two years in the AHL after finishing uh, his, his college career. So, like Camesso mm -hmm. is the guy going forward as far as prospects. But you got to give him at least another two or three It'll, years yeah. before you even worrying about him trying to make the NHL. Yep. Let him have his junior season in Boston. Hopefully it's a great one. Hopefully they get a deep, a deep NCAA tournament run. And then great to see. it's Rockford next season. Yeah. And probably the season after that before you even worry about it. Well, patience, 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 patience. And then even after that, more patience. Yes. Uh, we're way behind on our ad reads. But when we're done with these uh, with these little reads, I got a little project for the three of us to work on Let me, for the I, next can I say one year more or so. Yes. I, what I did like about uh, what Chris said, too, is – with with the Blackhawks tanking, obviously the the goal is the top overall pick, Connor Bedard, consolation prizes, Mafe Michkov, Adam Fantilli. Worst case scenario, if they fall out of those three, the, the two guys he mentioned, uh, USA's Charlie Strammel and uh, the Slovakian uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, keep an eye on those guys in in this tournament and in the December tournament. I assume both they'll play in both of them for for USA and uh, Dvorsky with Slovakia. Those are two guys that uh, when we talked with Chris in June prior to the draft, he said this 2023 class already has three franchise-changing caliber players. There could be another two or three that develop over their draft year. Um, those are two guys that I'm very interested in seeing how they go if, worst-case scenario, the Blackhawks are outside the top three. And those are two guys that probably 
had they come out in 2022, would have been number one overall would have been, contenders. Yeah, would have that been will in, go four, in, five, or six. That's in how that deep range. this class is, yep. is. Well, that leads me nicely into our project. But first, <laughs> I want to tell everybody about our friends at, at uh, PointsBet. If you want to support us here at CHGO, the best way to do it is to download that PointsBet app. And when you do, make sure you use that promo code CHGO. Do it, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but make a $50 or more first-time deposit, and you're going to get that free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content, like Greg's piece on the World Junior Championships that dropped this morning, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all that for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. It's your home for live in-play betting. What does that mean? You're watching a game. Your team's ahead, but you know that shaky reliever is about to come in, and you want to maybe bet against that reliever. You think he's <laughs> he's set to blow it, right? Or you're down a run, and your big slugger's coming up to bat with the bases loaded. You think you're primed to take a lead? Bet it before the at-bat happens. Make your money playing along with the game. It is super fun, and it keeps those dog days of baseball Really, really entertaining. Do that on the points bet app. It is the best place to do it. So what are you waiting for? Elevate your live betting game. Download the points bet app and start living your bet life. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Also, I want to tell you guys about Owen, spelled O-W-Y-N, standing for only what you need. It is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy, therefore making them more easily digestible. Uh, you may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase when you go to liveowen.com and use the promo code CHGO20. Uh, I just came back from a, uh, my best friend's bachelor party over this last weekend. I was telling you guys uh, before the show, we did uh, a little military-style tactical laser tag, and um, my legs are dead, so I will uh, definitely be getting use out of uh, some Owen here in the, uh, in the recovery process. So join myself as I... Uh, realize I'm no longer 21, and Justin Fields, try Owen, only what you need, O-W-Y-N, Owen. All right, here's our project. Project time. As we saw Shane Wright fall from the pretty much unquestioned number one to number four mm. over the course of the months leading up to the draft, we need to tank Connor Bedard's draft status. <laughs> I think we need to find a way to be like, Boy, I watched that game, and Bedard, he didn't look too good. I don't know if we need to have some burner accounts. I can start doing it from, like, the I'm Fat Podcast account, too. Like, ooh, watching this game, ooh, not great. Well, not great. I, I don't know. I think we need to get on board with, just in case, you know, the Hawks don't pick first. Got to find a way to drink that, to dra to tank that draft status. I, I so apologize to the person on Twitter, because uh, I can't remember your, uh, your name or your handle right now, but we had a, uh, uh, a tweet sent to us. Uh, regarding exactly this, uh, <laughs> sent to our CHGO Blackhawks account. Um, former, important, former NHL scout uh, Grant McCagg, uh is very critical of Connor Bedard because he is undersized and a wing. 
apparently no undersized wingers have ever gone first overall and made a difference in the NHL. Hmm. So if we want to tank Connor Bedard's uh, draft status, uh, we could come on and have uh, former NHL scout Grant McKeg come on our show and like uh, shit talk him. I, I think we. Uh, <laughs> this will not be an idea because uh, I'm. I, I think he's we, been wrong many times. Yeah, I think we know the reason why he's a the, former. Yeah, former NHL scout. NHL um, scout. Yeah, I mean, I could start a count Adam Fantelli fan sixty nine and just start ripping Bedard. Um, <laughs> nice, nice account. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> to kind of tie in with a question here that Tom Tom Quinn is asking uh, about regarding the rules for the team with the worst record. If the Blackhawks have the absolute worst record in the regular season, they cannot fall. Beyond three. Yes. The worst they could do <laughs> is three. So that's why this roster is where it is. At the very worst, you're going to get number three in one of the deepest drafts ever. If you're the worst team. If yep. you're the worst mm-hmm. team. So at, if they're the worst team, which by all accounts, they're probably going to be the only team that is going to really give them serious competition, I, I think, at least now, are our buddies in Arizona. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yes, there's always going to be some teams that are going to jump into that mix that you don't expect. Like, nobody expected the Montreal Canadiens to, wor- to get the number one pick, mm-hmm. after, especially coming off of a Stanley Cup final appearance. That was, but that doesn't happen. Nobody yeah. has ever gone from the Stanley Cup final to the number one pick overall. That doesn't happen. Very unique the situation. But there yeah. will be some teams that people have high expectations for that could be in the mix and maybe play spoiler. That fall out, yeah. You know, I look at a team like the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have expectations for them. I don't know why, but they do. Um, you know, <laughs> well, the, John Tortorella. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> you still got to have players. And, and you get, like, I know a lot of people are talking the Ottawa Senators are a team that, Maybe ready to make that next jump. They're also a team that could be a complete and utter disaster, i.e. the Blackhawks of last year. Uh, another team that I'm not ready to buy 100% is ready to take that next step despite what their general manager did this offseason. I'm not buying that the Detroit Red Wings are a playoff team right now. So, I'm not, But those aren't teams that I'm necessarily going to threaten the Blackhawks yeah. for the yeah. world record. Thank you. For, forever and always. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Um I think also to, to Tom's question, off the top of my head, I, I, I will look this up after I say it. Off the top of my head, I believe another new draft lottery rule that is in place this year, it wasn't in place last year, but it was in place this year, is that uh, teams, I think it's outside the top 10, if they win the draft, can only move up eight spots. I believe that's an old new old rule from the lottery that they're bringing back as like a new rule. Um, but I, I, I believe that is, that is in place this so year. You, so, so, so a team, be the Rangers so it, getting so, eliminated in the qualifying round and then, getting yeah, the you can't have like the 12th best odds and win yeah. the lottery. Like you if you have the 12 best odds, spot. if you win the lottery, you move to, I think fourth is the highest you can go. So I correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It's, I'll, I'll look that up. It's definitely, sets up in your favor to have the worst overall record. Not saying it guarantees you Connor right. Bedard, but it gives you the best shot mm-hmm. at him, and that's what we're going for. Yes, we've heard it in the comments all summer long. It's a it's a lottery ticket. There's no guarantee to get Bedard. Sure, but give yourself the best crack at it and see what happens, and that's what the Hawks are trying to do. Hopefully it works. Hopefully it works, and it's, you know, Arizona's roster is really not good. 
Um, they, I mean, they just locked be, up Lawson Kraus. It's going to be really tough to but here's finish the key. worse than them. But we play them four times this year. Ah, the Alex Daylock games. Those are yeah, and, <laughs> and we couldn't beat them last year. I think we were That's one true. and three against them last year. Yeah, and when we had Alex to bring it, you did not Dock, have Max Marco Domi. You did not have Max Domi. Yeah, the then, Max my Domi friend. revenge game, <laughs> where he punches somebody in the back of the head in the opening minute and gets kicked out. Yeah, that actually will help. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually uh, not a bad thing. Here, uh, Max, we had a vision. Can you be more like your father? Yeah. Thank you very much. Can you go uh, find their – don't even hit their best player. Hit their worst player. So their best player then has to be double shifted. Right. And it then even increases – yeah. So, yeah, those four Coyote games, um, don't actively root against the Blackhawks, but it's okay if you do for those four games. You, yes. you definitely want some regulation it's, losses against the Coyotes. It is the concept <laughs> of the tank win. Yes. Yep. You, want a, you want every game to be a competitive loss where Lucas Reichel looks great and Domi and, and Athanasiu and Taves and Kane are playing fantastic and they lose four to three. Yes, you want a lot of f- six to five <laughs> losses this yeah, season. Right. Entertain me, but lose. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, uh, the rule restriction, I got it here. Uh, teams cannot move up more than 10 places in the first round. Meaning, if you're ele- if you're the 11th team, you can get to one, but if you're 12th, you can only get to two by winning the draft. Got mm-hmm. it. So yeah. Okay. So nobody, the team that just misses the playoffs and picks 16th can only go up to six. Can only go. You're up not going to get screwed by the the Nashville Predators. And also, just missed the playoffs. The other rule that they that they implemented that we didn't mention, uh, starting with this year's draft. So not last year's draft winner, the uh, Canadians, but starting with this year's draft. Teams cannot win the lottery more than twice in a five-year period. So if the Blackhawks are going to do it, do it now. Do yeah. it early. Yeah. And uh, That's the Edmonton Oiler rule? Yes, that is yeah. the Oiler rule. <laughs> Even though that didn't work out splendidly for them? Well, they got... Uh, they eventually got counter How many first picks uh, they had? Yeah. Was, it, was Nugent Hopkins first? I believe... Uh, let's see, I'm looking it up was. here. Uh, Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Um... Uh, well, Nail Yakupov. Yakup- Yakupov. Was Eberle, <laughs> McDavid, was obviously. Uh, I I don't feel like Eberly was. I feel like Nugent Hopkins Maybe was, was and Eberly wasn't. Yeah. Here I'm looking. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, McDavid uh-huh. in 15. Uh, Yakupov in 12. Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins in 11. Hall in 10. So three, three in a row. Three straight yeah. years. Three straight number one and overall. The only guy picks. still playing there is Nugent Hopkins, and he's a nice player, but I don't think he's in, a, Yeah, he's still he's playing not. at Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when the Hawks almost traded for Nail Yakupov? Yeah. And then the, <laughs> uh, the Oilers Blues. got mad that it leaked and they traded him to the Blues? That was a, probably a bullet dodge by him. Yeah. shall not be named. That's yes. true. That is true. The Blues had 13 glorious games. Of That's Nail such Yakupov. a weird situation with, with Yakupov because he was so talented. Yeah, like how did that not work? I think it was just Edmonton was just so poorly run that he just never had an opportunity to actually be put in a, in a position to succeed. Because he's Re- been a quality player in, in Europe. Yeah, 350 games, 136 points. So never the huge score. Never the number one overall pick. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a Kirby Doc situation too with him a little bit. Like, well, you were, I mean, and he was, if I remember correctly, Yakupov was a consensus number one. I like, th- there yeah. was no real. Well, if you look at the 2012 draft class, it was thin yeah. in talent. It was not but, a good draft um, class. But yeah, I think Yakupov was, was, pretty consistently thought of as the top overall uh, oh prospect by, by most. Um, 
Yeah, it's... I mean, there's some nice players here, but Slater Cuckoo went number 10. Yeah. Uh, nine yeah. was Truba. Uh, yeah. Eight, Derek Pulat. I can never say his name. Pittsburgh Pulat. Uh, Matt Dumba, Hampus Lindholm, Morgan Riley, Griffin Reinhardt, Alex Galchenyuk, Ryan Murray, and of course, number one, Nail Yakupov. That is a rough top four. It's like they're, oh, they're good, but there's no one that's like great. The, the 2012 draft class makes the 2022 draft class look like the 2023 draft class. <laughs> like, it's not great. Best player in that draft. Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> yeah. of You want to guess who's got the highest point total? Is it Morgan Riley? Uh, Philip Forsberg is number one. Oh, okay. Number two, Remember? Thomas Hurdle. Yeah. Number three, chosen at number 18, Tavo Teravainen. Ah. Blackhawks uh, Stanley Cup champion, Tavo We were Teravainen. having such a fun show, and now <laughs> my heart hurts. Uh, well, maybe we should end the show. Let's, t- let's yeah. talk about Foco, and then we'll go home and cry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the chat, Chris, uh, Chris is letting us know uh, Vasilevsky was also in the 2012 class. Okay, he was so all right. That's pretty good. Let's let but it play out before the, we crown him. The, the <laughs> top of the 2012 draft yeah. class was not good. Let's redraft that one on a show and see who goes number one. Probably Vasilevsky. Yeah, probably Vasilevsky. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. I'm going to give you the world's saddest FOCO reading now because Jay had to bring that <laughs> up. Sucked all the air out of the room. <sighs> I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, we'll do our best here. Um, Hey, you know what's fun besides watching sports and talking about sports here with us at CHGO? It's wearing cool gear of your favorite teams. Like, what, what's the point of being a huge Blackhawk fans if you can't go on, on the CTA train and give high fives to the other Blackhawk fans? I mean, yeah. that's what it's all about. And if you want to get yourself some awesome gear and collectibles, you need to head over to our, uh, visit our friends over at FOCO. And get yourself the best officially licensed collectibles and gear available. Whether you're the Hawks fan, you want some Cubs or Sox for baseball, gear up for Bears season, preseason, coming this weekend. If you're a big basketball fan, you can get yourself some Bulls gear. They got everything that you could possibly want for either you, a loved one, your kids, your loved one's kids, your friend's kids, whoever you want to buy them for. Foco's got you covered. They have everything from gear to bobbleheads. You can get swimsuits. It's not a great day to go swimming today, but by the weekend, you'll be fine. You can even get some Crocs. Who doesn't want some Blackhawks Crocs? Blackhawks Crocs. Don't, don't wear those to the rink. <laughs> They'll advise move, but wear them while you're at the pool the rest of this summer. That'll work. So FOCO has you covered with all the best Chicago gear of your favorite team. So head over to FOCO. That's F-O-C-O dot com. If you're watching on YouTube, after you smash that like button, you can scroll a little bit further down and find the link that takes you right to FOCO. Get yourself some gear. And even better... You're going to be able to save 10% off your purchase on all non-sale items when you use the promo code CHGO at checkout. So check it out. F-O-C-O. FOCO is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. A little big pop of pump. I like that. Nice. Nice Nice work. Uh, Yes, do that. Jump on FOCO. Smash that like button. And check out Greg's piece at allchgo.com, the Blackhawks fans guide to the World Junior Championships. Those start tomorrow. On NHL Network, it is high level. I think most people watching us right now know this, but in case they don't, the World Junior Championships is phenomenal hockey. It's great. The guys are playing their hearts out. It is very meaningful for these players, and uh, you'll see it when you watch the product. So tune in, watch the World Junior Championships. We'll be all over it all week on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We'll be back tomorrow on Top Shelf Tuesday with some stuff.
and, and, th- and some things. things. And some things. I'm things. told things will be on there as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 11. Thanks to Lawrence for running the show as always. Talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.